Vision Podcast. I'm Aaron, your host. This is the podcast where we clear the clutter, the noise, and the half-truths for deeper, stronger, more resilient Christian discipleship. So glad to have you with us today. Have you ever wondered like why sometimes you feel God's love and presence and sometimes you don't and sometimes it comes and goes and uh, what's going on with all that? Today, by the end of the show, you're going to know that there are spiritual stages that we have to pass through as Christians in order to mature. Well, one of the quotes that we're going to be looking at today is that we want to pursue the God of consolation, not the consolations of God. And guess what? Uh, it turns out that God is parenting us. He's parenting you as a good, good father, and he's raising us towards maturity. And what God is doing at the start isn't always what he's doing at the end. And so by the end of our episode today, we hope to give you some clear picture as evangelical Christians on what God is doing in different stages in our faith. Uh, welcome back, John, our co-host. John, welcome back, man. How you doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. I hope you have a good sound effect every time I come on for the first time, too. How's that, man? <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what I wanted. The, oh, yeah. Little, it's like a little pixie dust for you, bro. <laughs> I like every time I enter, I want that. That well, just makes okay. me feel like a star. Yes. I love it. <laughs> We're getting better at this podcasting. Oh. So, dude, when you got, when you got saved... Did you know mm -hmm. that there were spiritual stages that you had to pass through, like things that you had to grow through to, to mature? Absolutely not. I just kind of thought that, you know, you just got to read your Bible more and, and pray more. And then all of a sudden you're going to be a saint. It like, it's like, <laughs> it's like the same, right? Like somehow you, when, when you get born again, you're like automatically an adult in the Christian faith. And yeah. then you just kind of get better as an adult. It's, it's like you're like always 30 something kind of, you know, as a, as a Christian, yeah. it's almost like you're 31 when you get saved. And then when you die, you're like 38. Like you're kind of always in a good, <laughs> in a good, in, in the, a good adult time, you know, uh, um, maybe just with like more responsibility, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, it's, it's so, I think that's gotta be a major question for a lot of people is what do I do now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Where I was, I, go? I yeah. was just talking to, one of my friends, what's up, Jay? Going to give you a shout out on the show, Jay. And Jay has been walking with Jesus for a few uh, years now. And he's a resilient Christian. Uh, he's a disciple, loves Jesus. And we had uh, coffee this past week together. And he's like, dude, no one ever explained to me that there were spiritual mm. stages. He didn't even know we were doing this episode. And I go, guess what? The next episode on the podcast, that's what we're talking about. And he's like, oh, sweet. I love it. So um, 1 John 2.12. Where does the Bible teach this? That, that should be a question we always ask ourselves. By the way, friends of ours listening, test us, okay? Test us. We could be wrong. We are wrong sometimes. We're wrong more than we think. We, we realize we want to be humble, mm -hmm. and we're not the authority. The Bible is the authority. So, mm -hmm. like, test what we, what we have to say. Um, there we go. Yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. The Bible. So the yes. Bible. Yeah. Then, exactly. exactly. Okay. So first John two twelve. This is what it says in there. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven for his namesake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who's been from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, 
because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you children because you know the father. I have written to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the evil one. Mm. A lot of repetition in that, but I want to draw attention to a couple of things he says. I am writing to you little children. I am writing to you fathers and I'm writing to you young men or young people. What, what do you think he's trying to point to in this, John, as you hear that? What's, what, what, any, anything come to mind right there? Yeah, I think uh, he's speaking metaphorically, right? He's, he's saying, uh, he's talking about where we are at in our stage of our faith. I'm pretty positive that's what he's going for. So you have, you have children, you have young men, you have the father. Children, um, their sins have just been forgiven. They're just living in that new freedom of, their sel- of themselves, right? Um, young men, the word of God is starting to abide in them. They're starting to do the things that God wants them to do and resist temptation and the evil one. They're experiencing change in their life. Mm-hmm. And then the fathers, um, I think the fathers, they're, they're more teaching about God. They're more t- living out how to be like Jesus. They really know God from their inner most being. I think that's what this passage is saying just from reading it one time. hundred percent. But if you didn't know that we were talking about spiritual stages, it'd be really easy to read that and be like, oh, he's talking to literal children, young people, and older people in the church that he's writing to. But most scholars think that John is actually speaking to some sort of spiritual stages that we develop through. The first stage is the, the, the young stage, children, the child stage, where we really understand we've been forgiven, that the core of the gospel is that we're forgiven, we're healed through the grace of God, and we, 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 we feel that. I was, that was true of me when I got forgiven after you know, 10, 12, 10 years of you know, adolescence and just doing my own thing. Like I knew guilt was gone. doesn't mean I still don't struggle with false guilt today, but the guilt that I carried with me through all of the things I did that I regret, that was gone. I knew mm-hmm. that. Then he goes into this young adult stage and, you know, he, he talks about to you young men, young women, because you've overcome the evil one. Uh, he says again, you write to you young men, young women, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And he hints at what is necessary uh, for the young adult stage of faith. And obviously he says there's going to be a battle. It's going to be with the evil one. There's going to be some sort of wrestling with your flesh with your desires, with your calling. Uh, There's going to be a wrestling with spiritual practices, getting God's word in you. There's going to be a wrestling with your strength. I mean, we we could just call this the young, the young, the young adult stage podcast. Mm, That's mm -hmm. resilience, right? It's like, we're in the battle of it at the, at the, after we, after we kind of leave the initial stage. And then the third stage, John, I loved what you said the father and the mother stage. These are like the spiritual sages in our life, the mentors that we all need to be praying for to have in our life, to go pursue people that speak into our life in a really easy way. And these are people who are defined by, they know, they know God, right? I write to you fathers Mm. because you know him. And the word know here is this experiential knowledge. Like, you know, you know, God, you ever been, you ever been around somebody who you're like, that dude knows God. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually I would say my, my dad is, is one of those people where you go, I know your dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's so much wisdom exuding out of him. (laughs) You know, this guy spent the last 50 years reading scripture, you know, I was thinking Bill, Bill, Bill from Rock Harbor, Bill, the doctor. Yeah. Dude, Mm -hmm. you get around Bill, you're like, Bill knows God, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Bill, Bill knows God. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's like this older wise sage stage and they know Mm. they've been through the wrestling they know that's where we're going uh, in, with the resilient Christian podcast is we want you to be that we want every person listening to this to be in that last stage. Doesn't just mean like when you're 70, I, I think you can be that stage when you're like 40 or 50. I mean, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, right. Was that my, my one of my people I admire from afar, the great theologian mm-hmm. got to put Martin Luther King Jr. in that, right? I mean, what he was advocating yep. with justice, he was on a different plane. He know he knew God's heart. So there are things in there that I think are like, okay, it's not by age. It's by what God is doing to parent you to maturity. And then, and then how we respond. So the mm-hmm. other, other passage is second Corinthians three, you got some rattlesnakes in the background there, man. What, what was that dude? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I just heard a funny sound. Dude. It sounded like there were rattlesnakes like in South Carolina where you're at right now. That's awesome. Are there? I, I hope there know. isn't, but I'm uh, sure they're everywhere. So ones. good. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 18, uh, 17 and 18, it says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Love that passage. But we are all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Lord is the spirit. Like, what? What is he saying? We have intimacy with God is what he's saying in verse 18. We have intimacy with God. And then we behold in a mirror, the face of Jesus. So. The mir- mirrors in first century were not very good. Like they're not like the ones you see today on like the, the makeup, you know, TV shows and in, in commercials were like per- perfect lighting and all that. The mirrors in Paul's day were like pieces of metal that you like, it was like a piece of copper, like trying to see your reflection in a penny. Okay. Think of that. Mm. Like if, if you had a big piece of copper metal and you're like trying to paint out your, your, your mug, like what, what do I look like today? You're going to squint. You're going to get really close. Like you're trying to figure out what you look like. That's the kind of mirror they had in first century. And Paul says, that's how we're to look at Jesus. We're to look, we're to look at Jesus as if he were like a piece of copper mirror. And we have to get really close to Jesus, like face to face with Jesus. That's what he's inviting us into. That's how we grow. We have to look at Jesus as if we were looking at a first century mirror, get really close to him face to face. And then he says, when we do that, there's transformation. That's the maturity. And then he says into the same image, into whose image, into Jesus image, we're being transformed into Jesus image. And he goes from glory to glory. Now the word glory there, we have this, there's a couple meanings of glory. One of them is like this, this radiance of God's goodness and holiness that he has about him in heaven. We saw Peter and James and John saw that in the transfiguration. We talked about that in episode three. 
But um, glory to glory, glory can also mean likeness or image. And so what he's saying is you're being transformed into the image of Jesus um, from likeness to likeness. Like from, 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 if I could put it a different way, like from stage to stage. You're being transformed into Jesus' likeness, like from stage to stage, like, like, like likeness to likeness. You're, you're, you're being shaped like, like a tiny little bit here and there. Every time we look intently at the face of Jesus, as if we were looking at a first century copper mirror, a little bit more of us gets changed from one image to the next. The ESV translates this as uh, we're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. That's, so I that, love that idea of like one degree at a time. That's the best. That's being changed. Yes, that dude. Come on, ESV. You know more than the NASB. Yeah. I'm t- I'm going <laughs> NASB. Can we get can we get an ESV up in here? Where is my, where is my ESV at? Come oh, on, one the degree. Bible translations. Oh man. Oh, oh ESV. Oh ESV. Oh, it does <laughs> exactly. So from one degree when we intend so so that's the where it's from stage like one degree further along so there are stages well there's been research done about this as well one of those research things that's been done in the evangelical world has been what's called the reveal study put out by willow creek church in chicago we know they've been through quite a lot the last several years but we still bless them and what they did in 2007 was a really important study. They researched 400,000 people, Christians. They surveyed 400,000 people who love Jesus and 250 to 300 churches and all over the nation, all over the world. And they came up with some idea of how people grow spiritually in the stages. And they came up with four stages that they put people into. One of them was, was uh, excuse me, was exploring Christ. That's the first stage. The second stage is growing in Christ. The third stage was close to Christ. And the fourth stage was Christ-centered. So exploring Christ, growing in Christ, close to Christ, and Christ-centered. Those who were uh, in the exploring stage, pretty, pretty self-explanatory, they were exploring Jesus and they crossed the line of faith. Those who were growing in their faith have made a commitment to trust Jesus, but were just beginning to figure out what a relationship was like with him. Those who were close to Christ depended on Jesus, who, and they saw Jesus as someone who assisted in their life, who gave them guidance and help, but they were, they were not fully surrendered with all the, the rooms of their heart. We've talked about that analogy. Um, those who were Christ-centered, the most mature, were they, they shifted from seeing Jesus as a help and a guide to being fully surrendered to Jesus's uh, agenda in their life. So that was a really good, like, I, I love those kind of categories. John, I want to bring you into this. I, um, you've read this study. What, what did you take out of it as you were reading it and looking into it? Well, I think the the one thing that I, I don't think we were shocked by this, Aaron, because we're kind of spiritual formation guys. But the one thing that was interesting is that church programs are not great at creating people that are that are resilient disciples. There we go. Wow. <laughs> Got some laughter. Wow. Got some, wow. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. So like, right. Going to church on Sunday isn't like what makes you more like Jesus. It's, it's good. Going to church on Sunday is great. It's part uh, of a good weekly rhythm as a Christian, but what really matters more is spiritual practices. That's what this study I think taught, you know, what do we do every day that helps us become more like Jesus is, is something that I think this study really brought some light to. Yeah. The, the, the biggest takeaway of the study was church involvement in church activities doesn't grow someone spiritually. So man, here we are. We're planting a church, John. I know it's, what we're are advocating we doing? against what, yeah. <laughs> what are we no, doing? We're, we're planting a church. We're telling people don't come, don't come. So that, so what, what they're saying is not that church activities are bad, but exactly. that church activities in and of themselves do not grow someone spiritually. Mm-hmm. What grows someone spiritually from this study that, that you heard? What was, what were, what, were, what, what was it that you read? that they, that they, the, the solution to the problem, what did you take away? Solution to the problem is, is people that reflect on scripture and people that pray. I mean, those were the two constants was prayer and scripture. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's one more in there I'll add. And that, that is, um, prayer scripture. And then they said, if you're a mature person, the thing that you connected with most was, was, was can serving the marginalized and sharing your faith. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's not yep. mentioned that much in this article that you're reading. This article focuses yep. more on the Bible because they're, 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 it's, it's an article on the Bible, the role of the Bible. But in the reveal study itself, what they found was for the most mature Christians, identifying with the marginalized, serving them, and then sharing your faith was the thing that really matured them too. So church activities do not grow us spiritually. They don't move and- us from stage to stage. What, what, the thing that allows us to move along is Jesus, like Mm -hmm. knowing more of Jesus and being connected to practices and habits and rhythms and communities that connect us to Jesus is the solution or the answer to, to how to grow spiritually. I, I so agree with that. I think learning, how to be, you know, how to be with Jesus is so much more important than just going to church and doing activities and doing things. Um, and that's where I think spiritual practices come in, like prayer and scripture and serving others is that it helps us conform to become more like Jesus. It, it hits us at the fiber of our being. So we're describing ourselves based upon who we are as opposed to what we do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what this study gets down to. Yeah. The, the, the thing that we can recommend is out of these studies is this idea that we ought to be and need to be connected to practices and communities that connect us to Jesus. And if mm-hmm. you're at a church that doesn't help you connect to Jesus as much as they may love Jesus, if it's just a production productions and ministries don't actually grow someone spiritually unless they are really helping you abide more deeply into Jesus. The other view, the other, the other, other kind of popular view on spiritual stages is St. John of the Cross. And there's, there's a, there's one that I want to summarize St. John of the Cross. He can be, he can be a very complicated. I don't understand him. I'm learning. I, I have a degree in spiritual formation and I've read his works, and I still am confused by it. People spend their whole lives trying to figure out what he's trying to say. 
So I'm going to give a, just a really quick summary. And one of them, it comes through the three loves. So this idea of three loves tries to summarize St. John. And it looks at spiritual stages. The first idea of the, of the three loves is we love God. Uh, it's the love of God for feelings. And this is early on in our faith. We lo- the love of God for the consolation, the good feelings he gives us, his presence. Um, it's the love of God. We love God because we feel something around him when we're with him. That's stage one. Stage two, love of God for the relationship. This is the middle years. This is the young adult years of faith. And this is like the marriage. You date, you fall in love, you love the other person. You do love the other person, but you also love what they give you. That's stage one. Stage two is when you get more mature in your marriage is you love the person because you've committed. You have a ring on your finger. You said vows and the vows and the ring on your finger and the commitment you made kind of holds you together sometimes when you get in fights and arguments and have tension. Um, and that's with us when God is when we go through the, the battle with the evil one, with our flesh, with practices and learning and disappointments in the church. And we, when we've been kind of discouraged by the church, it's the, it's the commitment to God, the relationship that gets us through. That's the middle years. That's a that's a hard, that sounds hard. And then the third mm-hmm. one is third stage is love of God for the sake of God. And that's where we mature in our love of God. And we love God because of his character, his goodness, his grace, what he did for us on the cross. And even though there's never a a point in our human lives where we're just completely self, you know, I I just love God, not because of what I get out of it. There's always something we get out of it, right? But this is the most like, I love God on his agenda. Uh, it's, it's the, it's the, um, Cody, I think Karen's song, you know, nothing else. Like there's nothing else I want. Like, you know, forgive me for my agenda that I've had. I just want you, you know, I just want you, God, I want you and you. And I think we've all been through experiences and moments in our life where we were at that point for like two weeks, you know, or like a month. But this last stage is that's the vision for where you're at your whole life, where you're constantly Mm -hmm. in this place of dependence to say, God, I I just want your agenda. And it's very much like the reveal study of it's the Christ centered. It's, I want your agenda for my life. Don't just bless my, my life. I want your agenda for my life. So love God for, for love of God, for feelings, love of God, for relationship and love of God for what resonates. Man, you know, it's, it's interesting as you speak those things, I feel like sometimes I'm all over that spectrum, you know, sometimes I just love God for God. I'm just like, man, God, I love you. Other times I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm struggling with some wounds or some emotions from my past. And I'm like, God, help me out here. You know, and I'm kind of still in that beginning stage. And, and other times, you know, it's, it's, it feels like it's very relational. I'm committed, but man, I'm trying. I, I kind of thought of this as like in more practical terms, I kind of thought that the beginning stage is I'm kind of learning how God wants me to be right. And, and how, you know, how to be a Christian, how to be like Jesus. I'm just learning about those things, but maybe I'm not doing them so much, but I'm starting to become aware of it. And then as I get to the relational stage, I'm like, okay, okay. I, I, I know what Jesus wants me to do. And, and every now and then something happens you know, something comes up in my life. For instance, Aaron, the other day I was at the market 
and I had I picked up some like sausages, right? And I and and they were like they were like chicken sausages, and I wanted Italian, but I couldn't find Italian. And all the way on the other end of the store, I found Italian sausages, and I was I I was like, oh great, I got my sausages, and I didn't want to bring back the the chicken sausages back to the back to where I got them from, and I was like about to just put them where the Italian sausages were, and I felt the Lord be like, are you doing the right thing right now? Mm. <laughs> and I was like. And I was just like, nope, I'm going to go do the right thing. And so I went back across the store and put him back. But it was kind of one of those funny things where the Lord was like, no, that's not how that's not how a Christian. That's not how a follower of Jesus behaves. Right. Like, yeah, you, you need to go that extra mile. And so it's like, lo- that's like I love had- of God for the relationship. Yeah. And so I had this feeling of like, man, I wish I just did the right thing without even thinking about it. And that's kind of the last thing, right? Where you just do out of who you are. Like you've been fully transformed into God's image. So everything you do is just, it's just naturally what Jesus would do. And that's kind of the last, that last love of God for God. Well, you were, you did it because you're like, I'm committed to you, God. I want to honor you. Okay. I put it back. But The goal is joy. The goal is when you love God for his sake and he's like, go do the right thing. You do the right thing and you have joy. Mm. Oh man. So, so this is the difference where we say we're going to get, we're going to do it. I don't know who, if you're out there and you're an expert on happiness, we'd love to talk to you because like a lot of times Christians aren't happy and I've, Mm -hmm. I've expected Christians aren't very happy. Well, part of it is like, is this issue of they feel like they're, they want to do the right thing, but when they do the right thing, they don't have joy in the right thing. The work of God to get us from one stage to the next is to help teach us how to have joy through the Holy Spirit in doing the right thing. And that's, that's part of the maturity is I, it's not just behavior modification. That's just doing the right thing. Transformation from image to image is I'm changed. I'm my, I'm doing the right thing, but now I have inner joy when I actually do it. Mm. And, and that's like, that's a, that's a lifetime journey right there. You know, yeah. I treat so true. my boss with respect when he doesn't treat me with respect and I do it with joy. That's, I love my neighbor when they, you know, are noisy on early in the morning. And I do that with joy. It's like, it's not mm-hmm. just putting up with, it's love with joy. And um, yeah, those are, that's the vision, man. Hey, um, I want to wrap us up here and uh, just say, you know, our, our hopeful biblical conclusion today is this, that God is inviting each one of us deeper into relationship with him. The question that we want to wrestle with together and, and ask you as we leave here today is, are you listening? Are you recognizing where are you in this spectrum of stages? And I think what John said is absolutely right, that sometimes we kind of jump around those stages of love God for feelings or relationship or for God. But in general, which stage are we in? Because we believe that God is wanting to move us towards maturity where we're not just loving God because it feels right or feels good, but loving Jesus because we've been surrendered to his agenda. And when we do so, we feel a joy about doing it. That's a convicting idea. But guess what? As we talked about in earlier episodes, God is, God is worth it. Jesus is better. 
and he's better than anything that we could hold on to or grab onto. He's better. It's a journey, but it is better and, uh, and we're better for it. So thank you again for listening to the Resilient Christian Podcast. I'm Aaron and John. We are thankful for all of you uh, listening today. Have a great day until next time. And again, if you can subscribe and leave a good review for us, if this is blessing you, that'd be awesome. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.